This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. And then just the way it fits her, the cut, it's just, it's all so elegant. It's everything you don't think of when you think of Jersey fabric. Right. Oof. This was a good episode for Jersey. Let me just say that. Yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by a Jersey knit fabric right. found at your local fabric store. <laughs> um. Hello and welcome to the Art of Costume Blackcast. I'm with Joy Glass. And I am Wednesday Adams' cousin, Spencer Adams. Hello, Spencer. Oh, I want to be a member of the Adams family. Oh, my goodness. Well, they have so many like cousins, aunts and uncles. You could just throw Adams on him of your name and it works. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Elizabeth Adams, Spencer Adams. I'm Elizabeth Glass Adams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's up, Elizabeth? Oh, nothing. Nothing much. I started watching good omens Mm. that's about it yeah not a big fan of that show but the costumes are spectacular i don't know the designer off the top of my head but yeah it's shout out to them like i love neil gaiman and david tennant is in it he's like one of my favorites so is michael sheen michael sheen's incredible whenever i see he's always i would never expect him and then i'm like oh michael sheen is here this is fantastic yeah (laughs) um but i'm on episode two and I haven't really been like given all my attention to it. And I'm like, I feel like I need to go back and give this all of my attention because there's a lot of back and forth time wise. Right. Well, I finally started The Crown and I am just in heaven. I'm just obsessed with The Crown. I'm on the latest season. I won't spoil anything, but Elizabeth and I are talking behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I've just been in bed every night crying while watching The Crown because <laughs> I'm so sensitive. <laughs> You're like, you're about to be right in the middle of all, all the royal drama because you still need to watch the Harry and Meghan documentary. Oh, man, this drama. Let me tell you all. I am just, I can't get enough. I just, <laughs> and the thing is, it's just like so toxic now. Like at yeah. this point, it's getting really ridiculous. You know, I love Harry and Meghan, but Elizabeth and I were talking about <laughs> Harry's recent book that's talking about William's male pattern baldness. <laughs> I have, I do agree. I'm like, how did we get here? Right. Why, like, why do we care? Yeah. But I'm still like, I'm still paying attention. At the same time, I'm like, I might pre-order this book. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think I might have pre-ordered it on Audible. I don't remember. Right. I just, I don't know. We, we are just, we can't get away from the drama. Just like, don't worry, darling. Mm-mm. You know, royal family drama. It's just, I can't get enough. It all rolls together. It all rolls together. You know what's also very dramatic, Spencer? Uh, The incredible life of Wednesday Adams. Can we talk about the show? We watched Wednesday this week. Flawless. 
I love this show. Chef's Kiss. It was perfect. Um, I couldn't watch it faster, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, I remember sitting down to watch it. And I think I watched the first, like, four episodes in a day. Yeah. Just because, like, I didn't have anything else to do. And it just, like, I, di <laughs> I didn't want to stop. <laughs> I watched, I finished it all on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I actually <laughs> had a pretty goth Christmas Eve. My, <laughs> it's so funny, my brother came over. I had just finished Wednesday. And then he was like, so what are we watching now? And I was like, oh, I'm kind of torn between the Night Stalker documentary or the Dahmer show. And my brother was like, okay, bye. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I'm just so dark. Um, but yeah, this was perfect show for the holiday season. I hope mm -hmm. you all enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I love it because it's really like, it's a wholesome, also like teen show. Yeah. Like it's really deals with like young teen drama yeah it still had those young elements some people are telling me maybe it's a little too young i don't know i still but it was it filled that perfect place for me i think that's perfect though because like this is a show the whole family can enjoy sort of right. thing it's still like, the adams family it was always like a younger you know yeah type of story it was always meant to be like a family like anybody can sit down and watch it and it's okay right like it get <laughs> so <laughs> it's actually <laughs> funny that like i started watching this and then have you seen goth baby on instagram or tiktok no <laughs> <laughs> what so uh, there's this woman her husband's like a famous wrestler apparently Okay. But like she has a baby, she has a really cute little baby and the baby's nursery is like a goth theme. And okay. it's, they just give me like very Adam's family mm. vibes. Goth baby. Yes. <laughs> and it's so funny because it's just like, it's just this cute little family. And then some like weird British daytime talk show was like, oh, this is this is shameful. This is like, how could you do this to your child? And she's like, I didn't do anything to my child. Like, like this kid's nursery is gorgeous. <laughs> and like, they're trying to be like, Oh, how could you expose your child <laughs> to a goth lifestyle? And I'm like, you know what? This is what the Adams family is all about. Right. It's like, just because you perceive something a certain way doesn't mean that's what it is. Look, goth is life, you know? <laughs> and Wednesday's making goth cool again. Yeah. Uh, I say we should dive into these costumes because there's a lot to talk about. Um, of course, it's a Colleen Atwood show. So you know that these costumes are going to be A+. A++. Give us a summary, Spencer. All right. While attending Nevermore Academy, Wednesday Adams attempts to master her emerging psychic ability, solve the mystery that embroiled her parents 25 years ago, and put a stop to a series of savage murders that keeps her new school on edge. And that is Wednesday. Can I just say... That is Wednesday. From the mind of Tim Burton, is there anyone more perfect to do a show no. like this? <laughs> no, there was not. There was not. And I'm shocked it didn't happen sooner. Right. Like, as soon as someone was like, Tim Burton, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. 
And then Flawless. I was like, Colleen Atwood's going to design it. I'm like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's all we need. <laughs> all we need. If you haven't seen this yet, get on Netflix. Like, I don't know what you're doing. Just stop everything. Stop. Don't listen to this anymore. Go watch it and then come back mm-hmm. behind the wardrobe with us. So we have series creators, Alfred, Goff, Miles, Millar, and then we have directors, Tim Burton, who he really directed the majority of the episodes and had the overarching vision for the TV series. But we also have directors, James Marshall and Ganja Montero. And of course, our lovely costume designer, Colleen Atwood. Oof. Who you will just know from one of a million, million movies or TV shows. You'll know her from Edward Scissorhands, Silence of the Lambs, Mars Attack, Little Women from 1994, where she got her first Oscar nomination, Sleepy Hollow, Chicago, her first Oscars win, Big Fish, Memoirs Mm. of a Geisha, her second Oscar win. (laughs) Sweeney Todd, Alice in Wonderland, another Oscar win, Snow White and the Huntsman, Into the Woods, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them series. She received another Oscar award for the first movie. And to add to her goth credentials, (laughs) she designed the music video for My Chemical Romances, Welcome to the Black Parade. (laughs) (laughs) Flawless. So she, I mean, can we just say she's the goth costume designer? Like, yeah, I her mean, resume spans so much more than that. But like, she has the modern goth style down. Colleen Atwood, I mean, she crafted my life. You know, every, you know, my favorite movies are Mars Attacks, Edward Scissorhands, I Love Sweeney Todd. I was. Very obsessive Alice in Wonderland in high school. I've just, you know, Colleen Atwood has always kind of been my number one. And let me just say that she's like major celebrity level for me. I've seen her mm-hmm. public a few times and every time I'm always like, I do not exist. Don't yeah. think I'm even going to walk up to her. She scares me because <laughs> I love her so much. She's so badass. Yeah, I went, I went to, uh, she talked at Fitum once and I, I went to it and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Colleen Atwood. Because yeah. my for, the first time she was on my radar was for Memoirs of a Geisha because I love that movie i uh, still haven't and seen that one it's so good and i loved the costumes and it, it was like it was one of those first like oh my gosh like look at the costumes movies for me right and then again for the adams family oh my gosh the costumes <laughs> and this was something she was actually very excited about uh she talked to hype bay about it and her very personal connection. She said, I have always been a fan of the Adams family and of the characters. So naturally, I was very excited to get the call. My grandfather lived in New York City when I was young. And I remember he had an original Charles Adams cartoon. Wow. It was a family treasure. I remember the cartoon was of a man ice fishing and there was a shark fin poking out of the water. I just love the humor of Charles Adams from such a young age. So I was very excited to help bring the show to life in today's world. Oh, that's so fantastic. Might I just add that we did 
uh, the first Adams Family movie in our first season on this podcast. And Elizabeth gives an excellent recounting of the history of Charles Adams and the Adams Family. Definitely worth the the five, 10 minutes to scroll back and listen to that episode. Yes. Yes. It is. That's one of our, one of our best and one that's chock full of information. She talked to Harper's Bazaar a little bit about the costume saying the principal costumes I created, but I source a lot of vintage for the world around Wednesday. I pulled odd pieces from the sixties, seventies, more contemporary stuff. I didn't want it to feel Victorian, which is a very distinct departure from every other way that Adam's family has always been presented from the movies in the nineties to the original TV show and the comics. They're a very Victorian Gothic sort of family. For sure. Yeah. It's always been a little bit more Victorian, but this was the first time I really felt like we saw, you know, the Adam's family in a more contemporary view, which I think is why I had so much fun with it. You know, not saying, Mm -hmm. Every time we've seen Adam's family, I've always felt like the costume de- costume design has been flawless, um, especially those 90s films. But this was just so modern and fun and young, yeah. but also like it's like a new contemporary view on goth culture that I love so much. <laughs> I, I agree. It's so contemporary because like the TV show and the movies they're both very of their times. The movies right. are very of the 90s. The TV show is very of the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, which also kind of lends to like the brilliance of Charles Adams. It's like these kinds of people exist all around us all the time. They exist throughout every decade, throughout every place and time. Yes, they're a little bit different from everybody else. Creepy and spooky. <laughs> Creepy and spooky. But they always fit into society. They're part of society and they're always going to be part of society. Mm-hmm. So Amen. treat them nicely. <laughs> yeah. Adam's family for life. For real. Yes. <laughs> um, Spencer, I just can't wait to dive into these costumes with you. Uh, yeah, I cannot wait. Let's take a little break in our coffins. Take a quick a little nap. And after this break, we're going to dive into it. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Are you ready to talk about the Adams family? I'm so excited. That this was really my favorite part of this series was seeing how they were gonna portray some of our favorite characters, including my favorite Morticia Adams, who famously, you know I how I feel about Angelica Houston. Mm. But this version of Morticia, also flawless. Yes, yes. And Colleen told Harper Bazaar that of everything in this show, she said, the hardest part was the initial look of the of Wednesday's family. 
which I understand. It's very <laughs> iconic. You know, it's it, you get it right. Everyone's gotten it right so far. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. One character, I guess, kind of feels like took a lot of the pressure off, though, was Uncle Fester. Because she <laughs> went very classic with him. She told Hype Bay, with Fester, I kept him in his familiar black coat, but added a hat, which gave him a more continental vibe. <laughs> which Fred Armisen, by the way, killed that role. He was he a did. perfect Fester. He did. Um, I do like the hat because so much of the aesthetic to this show somehow is continental and that hat really just gives that shape that kind of gives you a little nod to like that pilgrim dress that pops up so much Mm -hmm. in the show (laughs) which is so hilarious it's so funny and then that one time where they wear like the dalmatian (laughs) i love those costumes that was hilarious so good they're in the like wednesday's in the sidecar (laughs) yeah (laughs) so hilarious but so flawless yeah, I, I love how she was like, you know, I'm not really going to mess with Uncle Fester's look, but like she made it versatile with the headwear, right. like, <laughs> which I loved. Also loved Morticia's gown. Ugh. And this was a one for Catherine Zeta-Jones. She only had the one costume. Mm. So Colleen was like, this has got to be good. She told Hype Bay. You want to bring something really special for an actor like Catherine Zeta-Jones. She brings so much to the show and came prepared for our first fitting with her hair perfectly straight in the Morticia style. (laughs) She just made the work easy. That's so funny. Catherine Zeta-Jones knew what she was showing up for. She's like, I am a professional. I know what's happening here. Let's get this done. (laughs) And she just looks so beautiful. So beautiful. Agreed. Uh, Colleen Atwood talked to Women's Wear Daily a little bit about making her gown. She said, I made the dress in two or three fabrics before I really got it how I wanted it to be. I was trying to take it out of the jersey kind of vibe. I tried it in leather, satin, and a couple of other materials, but went back to jersey just because it's weight. The way it it draped and what I could do with it was the best choice. And it's mm. like, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I can imagine it being difficult to do, especially in the leather. That sounds difficult. But, yeah. Yeah. But the way that Jersey really sparkled on camera too, without it looking too campy, it mm-hmm. looked, it looked real. It like, you know, made sense for the scene and the lighting. Absolutely. And I didn't really think about this being like a Jersey knit, dress right it didn't come off as jersey no because the whatever the fiber content is like the way it works with the light gorgeous Mm -hmm. the added side pieces like you don't really think of detail like that being in like a plain jersey dress and then just the way it fits her the cut it's just it's also elegant it's everything you don't think of when you think of jersey fabric right oof this was a good episode for Jersey. Let me just say that. Yeah. <laughs> Brought to you by a Jersey knit fabric <laughs> right. found at your local fabric store. <laughs> um, and another iconic part of the Morticia look that Colleen talked to Harper's Bazaar about was the wig. She said, wigs are always a process. In that case, the wig was pretty close 
in the first test, but we ended up making it straighter and thinning it out and making it look less wiggy <laughs> because in the humidity, the wig kept wanting to expand. The last thing you need in a shot is a big black wig. <laughs> and I was surprised. I thought that was just Catherine Zeta-Jones's hair. Right. It looked pretty. It looked good. You know, I mean, we all expect that that look for Morticia. And to me, it didn't come off as wiggy. So that's pretty good. Flawless. It was giving share, you know. It definitely, that's exactly what it was giving. <laughs> that's exactly what it was giving, especially young Morticia. Oh, yeah. Young Morticia is nothing but share vibes. <laughs> My favorite type of vibe, might I add. Yes, that truly, truly. <laughs> but who we're all here for, we have Wednesday Adams. Oh, played by Ew. the fabulous Jenna Ortega. I mean, she kills this role. This was such a great emergence yeah. into the industry for her. I mean, we've seen her in other films, you know, such as Scream. But It took me a while to realize she was the younger sister in Scream. I didn't know that at first. Right. <laughs> because she really becomes Wednesday in this film. It's, it's transformative, and she is incredible. It truly, truly is. And her first look is flawless. Colleen talked to Variety about it, saying, With Wednesday, we can nail the iconic look right away with a nod to the original pointed collar, little print dress, and modernized platform shoes. And then put her in an environment that she totally contrasts with. An American happy time public school. <laughs> Then you've given a nod to all that comes before. Yeah. And it really does. It gives a nod to the comics, TV show, and movies all in one go. Perfect. And yeah, it, it, because it had to be flawless. Everyone expects Wednesday. And mm -hmm. just the opening shots automatically, you're like, okay, that's Wednesday. The hair, the collar, the print, the shoes, it's all there. And I forget which article this was in, but Tim Burton really did want to like you know, give a nod to all the other Adams Family iterations before because it's only the success of those as to why they get to make this today. Right. Um, and it just, it works so beautifully. And she talked to Harper's Bazaar a little bit about the hair and the makeup. She said, in one of the early fittings, someone from hair and makeup had the great idea of putting freckles on her. It was this simple, genius thing and we also did bangs with the braids. It's a new look for Wednesday, much less cliche in a way. She always kind of had braids, but they were very tight, Victorian pigtail things. We softened and contemporized it with those ideas. It also makes the character more vulnerable in a different way. Mm. I was like, I love that. Because like, yeah, like... The bangs and like they are like a little bit looser, right? Than other iterations, it does make her much more like young and childlike, yeah. Which I appreciate because there was always that chance that this could get too Halloween costumey because mm -hmm. we see it every Halloween, you know, with that person who shows up as Wednesday Adams. And it there was a chance that this could have went spirit Halloween, and I'm glad it didn't. I think yeah. the bangs and the loose kind of braids yeah. really 
did the trick. It's it's <laughs> it's flawless. I, Let's just it say is that. Flawless. <laughs> and I was I'm, I'll be honest. I didn't think Bangs were gonna make a comeback, and I'm like, Bangs are making a comeback now. <laughs> Everyone okay. wants to be Wednesday. Everybody's going to want to be Wednesday. I'm like, I can't pull off a bang, but you know yeah. what? Everybody else have fun. <laughs> uh, and it's not just this iconic nod to everything that came before. Colleen Atwood really modernizes Wednesday as she talked to people about. She said she goes to Nevermore, which totally sets us free. Because once she's in Nevermore, she gets her uniform, which is customized for her, but a total departure from what we know Wednesday as. Once she has her casual looks at school in her dorm or hanging out, you could contemporize the character. Still keep it in the feeling of Wednesday, but really make it something that people of all ages actually can relate to. She isn't just such an iconic person dressed in a vintage looking outfit and wednesday's wardrobe chef's kiss right (laughs) it was amazing it was flawless and it's such a good point too i mean once we established her as okay this is wednesday i -hmm. like that they brought this into a little bit more realistic point of view where she's not going to wear that pointed collar every single day because that's not this wednesday it really reminded me of what jenny bevan did with corella too where we have that established black and white look okay it's corella but she wouldn't wear that every single day. Corella was like a very fashionable person. Mm-hmm. Wednesday is very more into like that vintage kind of, you know, going through thrift store looks, but, you know, staying true to her all black and white kind of aesthetic, which is where mm-hmm. Colleen Atwood really got the thrive. And it showed on screen. Can we just mail her the Emmy nomination now? What right? do we do? <laughs> right. I'm like, this is like, it's so perfect. And I love it because you're right. It's totally that like modern, like, oh, let's vintage and thrift things, but mix it with like streetwear. Like clearly yeah. a lot of this is like very nice high-end streetwear. Yeah. And sure. it's just, it's gorgeous. Like that jacket she wears to the carnival. I want it. Yeah. I want that jacket. And people forget that this is taking place in like a modern era. It's not, you know, a different era because they have iPhones, I believe. So it's still yeah, like she gets contemporary an iPhone clothing. as a present. Yeah. <laughs> and another important thing that they kind of added this to the Wednesday lore is that she is allergic to color. <laughs> So, which I think is a fantastic, weird addition. I truly believe she's allergic to color. Right. I didn't at first, but now I've seen it pop up in so many interviews. I'm like, I guess she actually is allergic to color, which I love. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, why else would they like custom order a school uniform for her if her parents weren't like, yes, she is absolutely allergic to color. (laughs) Uh. But obviously, designing in black and white is a bit of a challenge, and Colleen talked to Hype Bay about it. She said the process was one of combining different textures and patterns within the grid of black and white. We thought a lot about the environment of the scene and the lighting and how that would look on film. It's a narrow color palette. So we played a lot with scale, patterns, and textures to give variation so we could achieve variety in Wednesday's look. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, that's exactly why this works. That's exactly why this works. If there was ever to be a collection coming out of a show or film, it needs to be this one, which Colleen Atwood better deserve all that. She gets all the credit, all the money coming out of it. But this is the show that needs the collection. I'm like, I can just hear like someone at H&M right now, like just like call constantly calling netflix hey can we do a collaboration hey can we do hey 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 (laughs) Uh, this is good for my wardrobe by the way because (laughs) this is i mean honestly whoever if someone collaborates and they put out a wednesday collection i'm there they have my money right like that's just how it is but big percentage or all the percentage needs to go to colleen atwood or i'm not buying it yes yeah credit costume designers and give them their money yeah, huge. That's no negotiation there. Um, contrasting with our Wednesday, though, is her roommate, Enid. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was like, this is like a Gen Zer, like through and through. <laughs> it's perfect. It's the perfect contrast to Wednesday. It's very Luna Lovegood. Um, just complete opposite of Wednesday and it's flawless. Ah, so much pink, so much color. She talked to Variety about Enid's look. She said, Enid, played by Emma Myers, is the epitome of everything Wednesday hates. Girly color, full of chatter. <laughs> <laughs> we had so much fun playing off that with Enid. With the hard graphics of Wednesday's things, Enid's palette with the orange and the pink and the yellow were like a sunny contrast to her, which helped make them both look more different from each other as characters. Oh, it's so good. And it's I love her point, too, about she's everything that Wednesday hates. But Colleen still does it in a very tasteful way, though. It's not like dramatic barbie pink it's still very tasteful in the way that she layers her pieces and prints and textures like again i can see myself in these clothes (laughs) (laughs) which would be shocking but i think you could pull it off (laughs) yeah i mean i get i get girly sometimes i my closet's open right now and i'm looking at it and i only see like one pink thing in there right (laughs) anyway (laughs) also uh enid as a character is a werewolf And Colleen talked to people about how they kind of worked that into her wardrobe. She said, Enid is from the Lupin branch of the family. So I used furrier textures on her that were soft, but sort of bristly. I used graphics on her that made more of a balance for the black and white on Wednesday. And I'm like, I love how she like fit that in. Just like, oh, she's a werewolf. Let me give her this big fuzzy pink jacket and like these like sweaters that are like a little fuzzy. This is an example of how badass costume design is. I mean, no one would notice that. But yeah, the whole time she's very furzy, fuzzy, furzy. (laughs) She's very fuzzy wearing furs. (laughs) Yeah, that's my new favorite word, furzy. Um, yeah, you wouldn't notice it, but it just shows the genius of Colleen Atwood, even when you're not even looking for it. It really does. And again, Colleen, this must have been a very collaborative process because she talked about the hair and makeup a lot throughout her interviews. Uh, Colleen said to people that Tim says, I want it to look like 
Enid does it herself. And every week she tries different things and it doesn't really work. So that's how we got her hair and makeup going. I'd seen a picture of the concept for the set and wanted to keep a straight, a strength in the color. I didn't want the girliness of pastels to be expected. Mm. <laughs> so I'm like, I love because I was kind of confused by Enid's hair, but I'm like, oh, yeah, she is that girl that just like throws some new color in her hair every week till it fades. I'm totally getting it now. She's totally that person that's on TikTok who's doing like the get ready with me's and just kind of throwing mm -hmm. things together, trying it out. Love that. I mean, that is another idea of how contemporary this show is and how much I loved it. Ugh, so good. Yeah. Speaking Absolutely. of what else I loved was one of our favorites, Ms. Gwendolyn Christie showing yes. up in this show. Perfect casting. I mean, Gwendolyn Christie Absolutely. should be in everything Tim Burton does this going forward. She posted like a like, yay, like Wednesday season two thing on mm. her Instagram. So I'm like... Bring her back. Bring I, her back. It's I was not fair furious. that she died. <laughs> yeah, that is not okay with me. <laughs> it was not okay. Because she looks so good in this show. Colleen was talking to Harper's Bazaar saying, My inspiration for Gwendolyn Christie's character was Tippy Hedren in The Birds. Ooh. She's just so fabulous that I wanted to do something special. So I decided on that pistachio suit, <laughs> which I was like, oh, yes. Yes, that is exactly your inspiration. Yeah, you have to see a comparison to the actual look. And also, I love that we've now used the word pistachio to describe something on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> It's the perfect description. Yeah. And I love the story of how she presented it to Gwendolyn. She told Women's Wear Daily, I met Gwendolyn and I had this poster in my living room of the birds from the 1960s. It was Tippy Hedren with her hairdo up in this high collar. I said, somehow I see you in this world. Then we spun off that because I thought... That's who Weems was in this little town. That no matter where she was in the world, she would always look good. Now that you mention it, I mean, there is a lot of Alfred Hitchcock type influence in this world, anyways. Like, oh, yeah. Tim Burton and like Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Tim Burton and Alfred Hitchcock kind of have that similarity somehow. Um, I kind of need to sit with that and kind of dissect it, but I'm really seeing mm -hmm. that influence. It's, it's pretty cool. It's fantastic. And what's even more fantastic is how Gwendolyn Christie felt about her wardrobe. She told Vogue that Principal Weems is the most glamorous character I've ever played. And the first time I felt genuinely beautiful in a screen project. Oh. Colleen was so extraordinary collaborative and made me and my body feel so celebrated. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. Yes, Queen. Yeah, Gwendolyn Christie is a force. I think she's one of the greatest yes. actresses out there right now. And we loved her in and, Game of Thrones. But and she's this such a style so cool. icon. She is. Outside of her project. She really is. Every red carpet we've ever seen her on, Gwendolyn Christie kills it every single time. Yes, she does. 
I I especially loved her um the dance look for her. Oh yeah. That like white gold like just like every look is elegant. Every look like even when she's waiting <laughs> with when she's waiting with Wednesday that is like one of the best scenes cuz it's just like oh they are two different people. <laughs> right. Oh, that's so good. Bring her back for season 2. Mr. Yes. Burton. Please. <laughs> But before we dive into some of the other extraordinary looks, Spencer, are you ready for a little breaky break? Yeah, let's take a little break. We have a dance coming up, so we got to get our costumes on. We do. We got to dance, dance, dance. (laughs) No. (laughs) We'll be right This is Dan, audio engineer of the Blogcast, here to let you know that if you wanted to support the show, you can head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. There you can buy some awesome Tee Public merch with the Blogcast logo. We have shirts, sweaters, coffee mugs, stickers, and of course, a baby onesie. Thank you for all of your support. to talk about some school uniforms oh i am because i remember this life i had to wear a uniform for like three years before i got homeschooled really oh my gosh i've yes i've never i feel like i've never even seen a school uniform in person but i can't relate but if i had to wear a school uniform like they did at nevermore i'm in oh it would have been different it was like an ugly like white or green polo shirt with like i in elementary school i had a squirt And then in sixth grade, which was my last year at the school, I had a kilt, which I was really excited for. But what's a squirt? It's (laughs) it's basically a pair of shorts that have like a little skirt flap on the front. Oh, tennis players wear them. I think a lot. I don't know. Skirt. Skirt. (laughs) I said squirt. I was like, what? Did I? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I get um, the picture. <laughs> yeah. But no, in middle school, in sixth grade, this is the last year I was there, thankfully. <laughs> we got to wear kilts. Oh, that's... And I was very excited. Very interesting. And it's like, I had I had one that was like a little bit shorter that looked much better on me. Then I had another one that was like a little big on me and kind of long, so I didn't like to wear it. And then one day, they... <laughs> my our homeroom teacher measured the length of our kilts so we all had to like kneel on our we had to like kneel down so she could measure our kilts (laughs) and then she was like you can't wear this kilt again because it was like half an inch too short (laughs) oh my gosh you're living your dairy girls fantasy yeah (laughs) (laughs) well talking about the uniforms of nevermore i mean just flawless to me this is it screams Tim Burton and Colleen Atwood. I've talked about this yes. before, but they're really known for like that stripe aesthetic. Um, we've seen it in other films. And this was such a cool take on the stripe aesthetic because it was so strong Tim Burton, but a color we've never seen before. Yeah, they it's this brilliant 
purple color. And I like that it's like it's the blazer and the bottoms and like nothing else is striped Mm -hmm. for the uniform. It's just those two items. So it works really well. And Colleen Atwood talked to Variety a little bit, especially about Wednesdays all black (laughs) uniform (laughs) she said when we moved to the other world of nevermore wednesday's in a uniform that's specially made because she's allergic to color i wanted a gray and black stripe but didn't really like how they looked in the world so i ended up having the stripes drawn and painted oh wow we silk screened all her stripes So we got something that was a softer variation on a stripe, which is a fun process as a designer to be able to do. My mind is blown. (laughs) Right? Because like I thought it was a really interesting print because like the lines are very soft on her uniform. Everyone else, it's very hard black and purple stripes. Right. Which now that I'm looking at it, you could kind of see it. It's really cool. It reminds me of what um, Sandy Powell did on the recent Mary Poppins. Yeah, exactly. And then hers, like they're much softer. They're a little fuzzy. They remind me of like static on an old TV. Yeah. But then I love when the one guy is like, you look like a living Instagram filter. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, oh, yeah, she kind of does look like one of those black and white filters. Uh, Yeah, it's too good. I, I would wear that every day. Yeah. What I wouldn't wear every day is what some of the some of the townies wear. (laughs) (laughs) I love how tacky the pilgrim look is. They're leaning into full pilgrim and it's so tacky. And that's really the point. It's so funny. And I feel like this is supposed to be like an upstate New York Mm -hmm. area. And I'm like this. They nailed it. They nailed (laughs) it. Colleen talked to Hype Bay a little bit. She said, the world of Nevermore and Jericho is what I call augmented reality. They could be real, but they're a little bit off as they are seen through the eyes of the main character. We had so much more license to build those worlds. So it was both a challenge and an opportunity. Mm, Interesting. I would not like to live in Jericho. No, no, (laughs) absolutely not. I, I like her therapist, um, Dr. Kimbot, who I totally thought was the villain. Right. <laughs> Fully believed it was her for most of the TV show. Like She gave villain vibes. She did. And then when it's revealed that she's the one making the little like roadkill um, <laughs> statues, I was like, oh, it's her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love because she's just so soft and creamy and she has like this beautiful little like crescent moon like necklace. And like the mayor, he's just like he's such a like typical like three piece suit, like tan trench coat, very like normal, normal political guy. Right. I loved Christina Ricci, who, as we all know, played Wednesday in the 90s. Yeah. Seeing her come back was so cool. And she looks so good. Her costumes were fantastic. I am a little betrayed that she ended up being the villain. Um, Might I say that Wednesday's little boyfriend, I knew he was the villain for a good chunk of it. Really? He was giving me... He was giving me toxic, don't worry, darling vibes. I knew that he was trouble. I mean, but... I was upset. I was upset that she wasn't getting with the artsy kid, but I was like, okay, whatever. 
Right. Now, I was team artsy kid. I knew this guy was trouble. But Christina Ricci, I was I was betrayed. Yeah, that was that blindsided me as well. And Colleen Atwood talked to Hype a little bit about her look. She said for Christina Ricci's Marilyn Thornhill character, I looked to the plant world. Her character was an earthy type of person. So I found pieces that had a plant theme or had green in them. Which is like, that's very true. She wears lots of florals. She has this fantastic like blue jumpsuit, which is like, oh yeah, like she's working in her garden or in her conservatory. Like it made Mm -hmm. a lot of sense. Yeah. I thought that was fantastic costuming, which reminds me, it reminded me of her work on Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them actually is this character. Um, It was kind of a low key connection. I felt like to Colleen Atwood's work. Yeah. I still Colleen, want to s- Colleen, will you please come on the podcast? I mean, please. <laughs> I'd be so scared, that. though. <laughs> I, I don't know if either of us could talk. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, another incredible scene. There were a lot of like really good costume scenes. And one of them was the poke cup. Oh, yeah. I love that scene. And Colleen talked to people a lot about this. Uh, she said, I think probably the hardest costume to practically make work were the poke cup ones. It was in real water and it was freezing cold. They had to wear stuff that looked good, but they could still have a wetsuit underneath part of the time. It was really hard. That sounds hard. (laughs) Right? (laughs) How do you fit a wetsuit underneath some of that? Because it's already pretty tight. Yeah, especially like the cat suit for... Wednesday and Enid's team. I'm like, how did they make that work? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And like she talked to more to people about it, saying they had to run through the woods in costume so they couldn't be barefoot in a in the boat. They were a lot of little nuances to the sequence that looked seamless in the show, but to work it out properly was the most painstaking part of it. My co-designer, Mark Sutherland, and Bobby Souter who was my source shopper really did a great job finding things that could work. And then we piecemealed it together. It looked fine in the show, but we were terrified the whole time they were shooting. (laughs) You know, it's scary when Colleen Atwood is watching a scene be like, I don't know. This might not work. I'm not sure. That would make me panic if I were on Right. (laughs) Right. Like, like those clown costumes. Oh my gosh. Those were incredible. That was wild. All these costumes were wild and I loved it. It was so weird seeing Wednesday in a cat costume, which was the point, you know? It's so not Wednesday and she looked uncomfortable, but she was just ready to win that cup and she she did it. She did. She did. And then another incredible scene was the winter dance. Uh, The raven. I was so jealous watching this scene. I just want to be at this dance. The raven was so beautiful. Um, And what's so fun about too is it's so white. You know, we're so used to like all these dark color schemes, but this was very bright and cheery and wintry, which I was not expecting. And I loved it. It wasn't. And every character just looked so perfect. Enid's like 1960s, like, very like fine sequin with like the fur trim Xavier's <laughs> did you think he looked like the KFC guy what <laughs> <laughs> like he looked so good but also 
so I'm like. Are you talking about the Colonel Sanders? Yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't getting Colonel Sanders vibes. <laughs> I'm like, he looks so good, but why he kind of looks like Colonel Sanders. No, I loved Enid's look. I loved like that kind of like 60s fur yes. trim she's going for. And I loved Bianca's look with the scales. Yes, I, that was another... The 1960s vibes in this scene were real and Bianca's just stood out so beautifully. The way it like matched her makeup was flawless. And Colleen actually talked to Hype a little bit about her look in this scene. She said, Bianca's raven dress was inspired by 1960s fashion, but we incorporated scales and fabric that felt like her background as a siren. Flawless. So it was slightly snake-like, but not entirely. We wanted something simple and sleek. Joy Sunday, who plays Bianca, is athletic and strong. So I wanted the dress to complement and embrace her strength. And I was like, yes, it does. Yes, Flawless, it does. Perfect. That's a wrap. She did it. I'm sure that she put it on and everyone was like, all right, next. <laughs> like, next that's let's the go. one. Let's go. Also, a very similar process happened for Wednesday's now iconic Raven look. This is probably the most famous costume in the world right now. I believe it is. And the story of how it got in the show is amazing. Colleen told Harper's Bazaar that there is a party dress that comes later in the season. It's an Aaliyah I found on a mannequin <laughs> on Bond Street in London. Of course it is. Of course it is. She goes on to say, I made my assistant put it on in the store. It's this fabric that moves and does its job in such a great way that you usually see on dance costumes. It has these sheer layers that have so much life. So it doesn't just hang there like a chiffon dress. It moves really beautifully. Ugh, I mean, I could talk about this dress forever. It's perfect. It's flawless. I love the movement of the dress because, you know, designing, designing dance costumes is a whole different process. But this yeah. dress was just so natural. It was it was perfect. It was made for this moment. It is so perfect. And it's it's mostly unaltered. She said they did have to do a little bit with the ruffles at the top because they were just too big for Jenna Ortega. They just like didn't quite suit her frame. But other than that, it's just they were just like, oh, yeah, this is the dress. She yeah. said um, <laughs> she talked to people about it because as she, she said, um, she said, my assistant's really tiny. So I said, would you mind putting on? this on so I can see it move in the room. I had her put it on and give me a twirl in the store. And I thought, well, I'll never do better than this dress. This dress <laughs> is fabulous. The skirt was perfect. <laughs> I was like, she knew when to give up. She was like, oh, this is this is it. Yeah. Okay. She's like, I think we could all go home now. <laughs> this like, is the one. This is fine. We're done. Wow. That it's brilliant. That was brilliant. And it's the best costume to end this this episode on. It right. doesn't get better than that. All right, Elizabeth, are you ready to play one costume to rule them all? Oh, am I ever, Spencer? Daniel hit it. 
the one costume to rule them all. All right, Elizabeth, what is your one costume to rule them all? Better question, Spencer. What is your one costume to rule them all? It's the it's Wednesday's Raven dress. Of I mean, course. is there any other option? It's so flawless. I had watched the dance scene probably a hundred times before I even actually watched the show. I was ready. I knew the choreo yeah. as I was watching it for the first time. <laughs> like, I'm sure this wasn't the piece they thought would be iconic from this show, but this is the iconic piece from this show. It's so good. Everyone around her is wearing like all white. It's very bright and cheery. But it just the lighting is so perfect with like that blue lighting. The like lace is kind of like really uh, transparent, really sparkles. It's just everything about it. The ruffles, the length of it, it's flawless. I mean, it couldn't like Colleen said, she knew it was perfect. And they that was a wrap. Yeah, so perfect. So perfect. And if you thought it was perfect, too, you can let us know your thoughts. Uh, We still have a voicemail at 626 five one five one eight two six uh if you want to email us you can send us an email at the art of costume podcast at gmail.com elizabeth what are we watching for our next episode spencer we are gonna go on a little shakespeare journey over the next two (laughs) episodes starting with hulu's new original film rosalind are you ready spencer Ooh, I'm so excited. I'm right again to some Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little touchy subject around here, but it's going to be February. So what better to do than a little romantic Shakespeare month? A little quote unquote romance, a little quote unquote star crossed lovers. Sure. <laughs> Uh-oh. Sure, Spencer. <laughs> She's getting annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod or on TikTok at the Art of Costume. I'll be uh, posting little clips from our episodes on there as well as fun little costume moments. Don't forget our merch store is still open. So head to the artofcostume.com slash pod store where you could get some great podcast merch. And If anything, don't forget to leave a five-star text review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star review on Spotify. It really does help. It does. It does. Everybody, we will see you next time. Stay creepy, friends. Stay spooky. (laughs) The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com/podstore. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. Thank you.